Hi there, I'm Mara. And I'm Ravi. Thanks for joining us today on Torah Time. We love learning together and we're excited to learn with you. Hey, Ima, do you know what kind of jokes you tell while you're quarantining? No, Ravi, what? Inside jokes. Ravi, you really make me laugh. I'm glad I don't have to be isolated from you. Now, let's hear about a mysterious disease called Sara'at in this week's Parsha. This week, we're reading two Parshiot, Tazria and Matsora. Both of these Parshiot talk about different ways that a person might become Tameh, impure, and how to become Tahor, pure, again. One of the things that might make somebody Tameh, impure, in the time of the Torah was a disease called Sara'at. When someone had Sara'at, it would show up as a wound called a nega. Sara'at could happen in different places, on someone's body, on their hair or beard, on clothing, and you could even get Sara'at in your house. We don't know exactly what disease Sara'at was, but we do know that it's not around anymore, so it's not something we have to worry about today. But the Torah has lots to say about it. We're going to hear the words of the Torah now. It's okay if you don't understand them all. Just close your eyes and listen. Unless you're in the middle of a lightsaber battle. I know you trust the Force, but use your eyes too. Ready? We're in the middle of the third Aliyah. Vehatsaruhu asher bohanega begadav yehiu frumim Verosho yefarua ve alsafam yate ve tame tame yikra koyame asher hanega bo yitma tame hu badad yeshev michutz la machanem a person with sara'at, who has a nega, a wound. Their clothes shall be ripped, their head shall be left bare, and their upper lip shall be covered over. They shall call out, Tameh, Tameh, impure, impure. The person shall be Tameh for as long as they have the nega. They are Tameh. They shall sit alone outside the camp. So Ravi... What are the things that you're noticing here? That there's a bunch of steps that they have to do if they are Tameh. They have to rip their clothes. Their head shall be left bare. What does that mean? Ah, that means their head is shaved. And their upper lip shall be covered over. Mm-hmm. So here's what's interesting. Each of these things, ripping your clothes, leaving your head bare, covering your upper lip, wh- what do these three things have in common? Rashi tells us that all of these three practices have to do with being in mourning. So these are things that someone who had a close relative who had died, this this is what they would do. Yeah. Okay? So... But then, why would they... Like, I know having... Um, being Tameh, impure, is not a good thing. So why would they have to shout out Tameh, Tameh? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, let's play this out. If you are Tameh, and you call that out to declare that in front of 
like the whole community, what what does that accomplish? You getting embarrassed. Okay, so one result might be that you have to shout out that you're Tame and that might cause you embarrassment, right? Um, okay, what's another way of thinking acknowledgement. about Acknowledgement, like I acknowledge that I have this. Exactly. So one reason for calling out Tame Tame could be um, could could cause you embarrassment because of what you might be feeling because you have this status now. One thing could just be a declaration, like an acknowledgement of here's what's going on with me, right? And maybe because you want people to beware or just to know that that's what's happening with you, or know that I didn't like. Because one morning you might wake up and be fine, and then the next morning you wake up. And your skin has a wound on it. And it's a nega. Mm-hmm. Then. It's almost like the person wants to say like, beware, something's be- going on here. Beware, you can't really prepare for it because who knows when it's going to show up. Right. And then maybe even like, I know I probably didn't do anything wrong, but like, I'm sorry if I did, God. Oh, meaning here's, I'm announcing that I'm Tame and it's causing me to think like if I did something to bring this on, then I I need to, I need to figure out asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you talked in a couple of these examples about how the person who calls out Tame, the person who is Tame, how it makes them feel to say that out loud. Can we think about the other side? How are the people in the community what are they thinking and feeling when they hear someone call Tame, Tame? Probably scared or worried. So they might feel scared. They might feel worried. Worried about what? Um, worried that they might also catch it because it just happened. Also sad because it might be like your family member. Like, like if my dad was the guy who got it, like I might feel sad. Also... Maybe cautious about what they're doing. Okay, so it might cause people in the community to sort of be more be more cautious and thoughtful about what they're what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So the Talmud gives us a really interesting idea, actually, and it it says that when a person calls out tame tame in order to announce what's going on to everyone, that when people in the community hear that they're going to pray on behalf of the person who called out Tame. So it's like a loudspeaker announcement that says to the community, there's something going on with me. And the community hears that as, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to help take care of this person by praying on their behalf for them to, for them to be better, for them to become as healed. Like part of the Misha Berach. <laughs> Well, so I mean, they didn't have that back then, right? Right, but now we do, and that's actually really interesting that, to think about. That when we pause in the middle of Torah service on Shabbat to to recite a Mishaberach, or at any at any day when we recite a prayer for for someone's healing, right? We're taking that time to think about who are the individuals who are going through a sickness, or who are going through something else in their lives where they need health and healing. And we remember their names and we pray for healing. Why do we think the Torah is making some kind of implicit connection between Sabra'at and mourning? Um, maybe um, because it's a time to like think 
and it's a time to be thought of. Like when somebody dies at our shul, they say like the funeral will be whenever, and they're saying that so that the person whose family, whose close relative died, feels thought about and cared about. Right, and so other people in the community can can show up to support them. Yeah. Why do you think isolation or separating from the community was part of what happened when a person had sarat? When you're in mourning, you're separate from like the joyous, happy world, and you're more in the like sad, slow, um, need to really think world. And so maybe that's why isolation was a part about it because it was sad and they had to like think and see if they'd done anything wrong, what had they done wrong? Oh, that's really interesting that you said maybe somehow the the person who has Sarat needs to be alone to think about what may have caused this. But I would think that they would need to think with other people. Yeah, that's like Jewish, interesting. Jewish learning is about Chavruta, where you learn together. That's fascinating. So if a person really needed to think about what was going on with themselves, maybe they couldn't be alone to do it because maybe you need that partner, you need that chavruta to really try to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. So I'm thinking about this this question of what causes tzara'at because we said before, sometimes it can mysteriously show up, but the rabbis also wanted to try to figure out what was the cause for it. And there are some interpretations that say that sara'at happens when a person speaks lashon hara, when they when they have evil speech or they're gossiping or talking badly about another Mi- person. Yeah, didn't Miriam talk badly about Moshe or something? About Moshe and about Zipporah. We know from the story of Miriam that somehow Tzara'at might be Maybe not always, but it might be connected to to Lashon Hara. And another reason it might be necessary to um, to to isolate is actually remember what I what I said before about if a if a person calls out Tame Tame and it causes other people to then pray on their behalf, right? So maybe the reason for isolation, a different way to think about it, so that they don't like hear the prayers and they say like, "Yeah, I'm sick. Keep going." Oh, interesting. So it's kind of like a like a surprise prayer, which sounds kind of weird, but you get what I mean? I do. So the reason the the that people were outside of the camp is so they didn't think like, oh, everybody's thinking about me and praying for me, but So they, like take <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I think it's really interesting because sympathy might not be a person's first or initial gut response to someone calling out, hey, I'm Tameh, I am impure, your first reaction might not be to think, wow, I'm really, I'm really sorry to hear this. What can I do to help? I mean, maybe that's your first reaction, but a first reaction might be, huh, I wonder what they did wrong, right? So the, the way the Talmud is thinking about it is not trying to figure out what the what the cause like is. Not being nosy. Not being nosy. Not like tell, asking their parents what did they do wrong. Uh huh. But actually thinking about sort of approaching it with this um, with this stance of sympathy and wanting to wanting to figure out what they can do to to help. 
was so interesting learning with you today, and we can talk more about the Parsha with the rest of our family over Shabbat. What do you think we should ask everyone at our Shabbat table? Uh, thanks for asking me, Ravi. I think we should ask people, how can you make sure to take care of and protect people who might need to be somehow isolated or separated from the community? I wonder what they'll say. Thank you so much for being part of our Torah time. Join us next week for another double Parsha, Acharemot Kedoshim. Until next Torah time. Torah time is produced by Hadar. Thank you to our amazing team, Chana, Michal, Sam, and Effie. And you too, Ima. Thank you also to David Chabinsky for recording and editing this episode. We hope you'll keep the conversation going at home with Devash, our weekly Parsha magazine. Check out the Pshat HaPsukim section for more interactive content. To learn more about Hadar's Children and Families Division, discover more resources, and subscribe to Devash, visit hadar.org slash kids. Mm-hmm.